Boss Man Show, WDJY, 99.1 FM, four hours, you know, Saturday morning, eight to noon, Eastern Time, right here, listen live to us on TuneIn Radio, WDJYFM.com, John and my Saturday morning, bringing you the best in sports and entertainment, and we know we had the entertainment part covered with the emails and boss report for sure, have a great show for you this week, uh, start off again, emails, Holla, BossMarinShow.com, holla, BossMarinShow.com, emails. I'll say social media, Twitter, uh, Jared the Bossman, Bossman Show, J.D. Beckler. Uh, we tweet out the show, the list rundowns on the, on the Twitter. Check it out. You know what time, who's going to be on the show? Because, see, see, we don't have to like to jinx our guests, John, and you know this, John. We don't have to, to jinx the guests, so we don't want to. Tweets tonight before we, before we know we don't have them on the show. So we like to, we know we have confirmed, then we'll tweet out what we do on Fridays. So we don't want to jinx any guests. So that's why we don't put the guests within the week because we don't want to jinx the guests. We want to, we don't want to promote some, then they don't show up. We've been burnt before. Or then something happens. So we don't want that to happen. So we're going to always put it out there Friday, Friday afternoon or so, Friday and Saturday morning, so you know who John and I will be talking to each week on the Boss Man Show, the WDJY, our flagship station this year, the flagship of the Boss Man Show. Check them out. Straight talk. You know what it is. Also, Facebook, Jerry, the Boss Man and Boss Man Show. Instagram. Instagram, straight flexing. The IG, Boss Man Show. And Jared the Boss Man, the, I know you're talking to the website, email the website, website's coming soon, John's working on it as hard as he can, we have to host shows, prepare for shows, deal with snow, deal with weather, deal with animals, stuff happens, we gonna get on it, okay, <laughs> get off my back, we got it covered, and also this week, Kurt Healing from BasketballTalk.com, JC Smith, Three Man Weave, also got Coach Tindall, we also got a new segment started this week, the J-Spot, coming up real soon, this today on today's show, John, man, what is good with you this week, man, how you liking all, all the show changes and updates, and this everything we got on the show, man, talk to the people, my man, it's your time to shine, brother. <laughs> it's it's busy time for the show, isn't it? Hey, man, I, I agree, very busy time. Yeah, it's busy, man, we got all kinds of stuff going on, you ran through a whole list of them there, we got stuff working on the back end with the website, we got the... Uh, new station, the new the new flagship we're working with, which is going real great. We were loving that. We got all kinds of new hits coming with people coming on the show. We got big news coming down the line for you know uh, weekly spots from some some big names that people are going to love. Again, don't want to jinx anything, but you know we got big things big things shaking to start 2018, man. So I'm excited. Um, a little tired though, man. How about you? You got how's your energy level this week? Man, uh, I'm actually hyped up. I'm hyped up, man, because uh, it's Saturday. It's showtime. It's time to do what I do best, entertain the people. Last Saturday after the Hawks game, uh, saw the Hawks lose to the Wizards without John Wall. And, John, I'm upset. I'm going to get to right now. I read a story where the Hawks are trying to move on from Dennis Schroeder. Why would you do such a thing to me? That's my dude. <laughs> That's me and JC's favorite person in the world, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. Why move him, John? He's the best. Dude, yeah, you just keep Schroeder around for the laughs, man. I mean, come on. Like, my man is hilarious, A. He's got a pretty he's got a pretty wicked handle, right? I mean, Schroeder's, a, he's got game. When, when when he's on his game, he's, he's pretty tough to beat, right? Exactly. So. You just got to get him focused in. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, he, he, he really loves JC. He faces JC, you're very, 
very funny person. We're very similar. I like you. You like my idols. You're older than me. You're my idol. I like you. Straight up. Hey, give me some of that money you got, though. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you let those two out on the town together, man, that... Wow. You definitely want to take a camera around for that one. That would be... I mean, guess what? It, it's it's happened, actually, already. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and just that all very insane. <laughs> Oh man! Listen though, I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna have to feed up off your energy. I'm I'm a little a little low on energy this week. Been dealing with sick kids at home and whatnot. Um, you know, been snowing like crazy. Weather's kind of got me bummed out. But uh, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on. So I'm gonna feed off you this week, and uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal some of your energy since it sounds like you got some extra to to share. So uh, I'm ready for it, man. Let's do this. Yeah, and we have other guests. I don't want to jinx them. They may be coming on the show today. See, this is the whole kisses like my theory. I don't want this to happen. So when I get the text message or the email saying, hey, I'm coming on the show, then I'll be like, yeah, okay, we got them coming up. But I still don't want Jinx then. Uh, so when they call in, it's time to do the segment, then you know they're on the show. But I can guarantee you, if you saw one of our old show listeners from the old show, uh, one of our favorite guests should be joining the show. I don't want Jinx it. He should be joining the show. Okay, I can see a three-man weave, J.C. Smith. You may hear him. You may, we may have J.C. on for two segments. You never know. J.C.'s a funny guy. I mean, he gave him two more six this week. The J.C. spot going to be cool. Uh, you, I'm going to you're going to love the J.C. spot. You're going to talk through it, Tindall. I was going to tell y'all guys, uh, John and Coach went against my pick, and I won that game, just so y'all know that. So, once again, I'm the pick king of the world. But this week, once more, two-game lead on Coach and John. There's so much y'all know that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so. I should have known better, man. I didn't pick the South Carolina, man. I should have went with Tech. <laughs> should have went with Tech. <laughs> hey, Frank Martin's my dude. I love Coach Martin. But Coach Martin burned me last the week prior with Tennessee. I couldn't let take it happen to me again. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. I'm going to come for you this week. we got three more games on deck, so I'll, I'll even it up. <laughs> hey, you're two games behind, and we're we, we, we getting close, close to the end of the year, man. we got five weeks to go, two games behind. That's a, a good distance to close up, but we'll see what happens, folks, on this topic. I'm going to read John, emails. Uh, I'm, I'm, still, I'm reading a lot of tax emails still this week. I didn't want to use them all this week, but some tax emails this week. Some relationship emails this week, and I had one guy email us about helping him uh, put down some manure in his yard. My man, I'm not putting down nobody manure in your yard, my man. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait to get to that one. <laughs> like, Can we just fast forward the show and do that? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Talking about, uh, can you all since people putting manure in my yard, my man? I don't want to know no manure near manure or mulch. I'm good on that. We're, we're radio hacks, man. We don't do that. <laughs> You know, if we wanted to be out there working, we'd be out there working, bro. We, we like to sit in our chairs. Thank you. If I wanted to, you know, put on my little nice little gray landscaping shirt or my little yellow vest or something, I would have done that, my man. You know, so, uh, yeah. And then the boss report stories, we got some good ones for you people. I'm glad y'all, some of y'all don't get the boss report still. Just give it some time. You'll get used to it. If you're not used to hearing these kind of stories, they are, they are all true. I'm not that good at make them up. I'm not that good. I, I'm just not that good. I mean, I read the headline as is. I don't even edit the headline. 
Now, some of them are kind of raunchy. I also don't make the light, light, light of day. Because I don't do DJ White Kegels off there. So, <laughs> so, I read the cleanest of the crazy. How about that, people? And I'm reading it as it's written. Because I don't want to doctor up anybody's headline. Okay? And, John, you can attest to this. Since we've been on WDJY and been on our affiliate since the last few years, I have cleaned up the boss report to the point that it's crazy clean. <laughs> it's as clean as it's going to get, brother. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, as, it's as clean as you can be making. I can testify to that. Yes, That's indeed. for sure. Because <laughs> if you do too much, take what else on the story and how it's written. Because John will tell you this. Some, some, the funniest, some of the funniest parts is of the report are the how the headlines are written, like the the neglectric slide from last week. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was awesome. The neglectric slide. <laughs> so, and so, yeah, so understand that we had a great show for you today on WDJY, 99.1 FM, Straight Talk. Like I said, listen to us on TuneIn Radio app, WDJY, find it for you. On that website, listen live, WDJYFM.com, follow me on Twitter at WDJYFM. So get ready. It's JR, it's John. Buckle up your seatbelts. We here. Four hours, the marathon. Eight to noon, baby. Yeah, boss man show. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com. Consulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach T Wheel 24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams 24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. From you for you from probasketballtalk.com. We've had some of these guys sort of in the in the past. We have the, the boss himself, Kirk. He's done on the boss man show. Kirk, how's life you, man? 
I'd like to say it's treating me like a boss, but you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles. I could be in a lot colder place right now. You got that right, Kurt. And thank God I, the Falcons are going to go to the Super Bowl this year because I didn't want to go to Minnesota. So I'm <laughs> thankful to have been in Atlanta and, and it would be 50 degrees other than two up there. So I'm happy for that. Yeah, I've been teasing the uh, NBC sports staff. I know that, the, you know, because we uh, broadcast the Super Bowl, there's a lot of NBC staff going to Minneapolis. And we, hey, have fun. Exactly. I'll be wearing shorts. You, you got that right, man. Well, first of all, I want to start off with the, this, this drama in Cleveland, Curry. I know John's a Cleveland Cavalier fan, but the drama in Cleveland's high as ever right now. And so I want to ask you about this. Who are some guys on that roster who should not get too comfortable and probably be moved elsewhere as we come up on February 8th with the trade deadline? You're here real soon here. Yeah, there's a few guys. I mean, they would have to create space. Iman Shumpert could be moved. Is kind of a, a guy who's not playing. I think he's probably the most likely guy to be gone. Um, Tristan Thompson is in that mix as well. Uh, but he would ha- if they're moving Tristan Thompson, they have to get something real value back um, because they need him uh, in the lineup to play some. You know, they're starting him again. They're trying to play. Find, they've got to find some defense somewhere. But they, they, that's a team that's just got to do something to make some moves. I mean, it's not just a matter of getting focused and you know, getting Isaiah Thomas all the way back healthy. That's a team with some, I mean, wouldn't you say that's about the, this is the most, probably the most vulnerable run James teams. The first time you left Cleveland, there, there are some holes in there that you can get, man. Well, and I wanted to talk a little bit um, about you with that uh, Kyrie deal with the Celtics. And originally it, it seemed like the Cavs got the better of that trade. Um, looking at it currently, doesn't necessarily seem that way. So sitting here today, looking back, what are your feelings about that deal right now? You know, that deal was always more about the pick, which isn't, you know, Brooklyn's been, they're feisty, man. They're not an easy out. You know, they, 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 they're not winning a lot of games, but despite the fact, remember, they lost D'Angelo Russell, they lost here. That, that team plays hard. Kenny Atkinson's doing a really nice job there. Uh, staying to the end of not going to games. That, that, that's, that's a feat. Like, that's not easy to do. It's something Mike Budenholzer is, is facing out. It's like, it's hard to build a tr- and keep and maintain a culture while you're rebuilding, and, and they've done a really nice job. So, yeah, that pick's not as valuable as it was, um, but it's not bad. If, essentially, in this draft, if you're the top, depends on what scout you ask, but eight to nine, you're fine. There's really nice talent at the top. It's about nine that it starts to drop off a cliff um, pretty steep. Not super steeply, but, like, now you're hunting for things a little more. It's not like a, a gradual bell curve down, so... Uh, if that pick falls up there, they'll be fine. Got their piece of insurance. And, you know, we'll see where Isaiah Thomas gets. But the defense, that was always the concern. Not that Kyrie's a great defender, but he's capable of stretches of defense. And Isaiah Thomas is just going to get exploited in the playoffs. We have Kurt Healy on the show here for BasketballTalk.com. Now, Kurt, you kind of mentioned a question I want to ask you later, but you kind of brought it up now. I'm going to go to it right now. It's Mike Budenholzer. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks right here in our backyard. I don't think Ilya Sova, Deadman, Belly, Muscala could be moved for a cheap contract second round pick. Uh, so, uh, you feel the same way here in front of these circles? Is Bazemore available as well? And a, a bigger, bigger question. Will Mike Budenholzer get, get, get to see this rebuild through? Which Travis Slink, been a Golden State guy, may want to move on from him in a year or two. If that is possible. Look, anytime there's a kind of a GM shift above the, you know, above the coach and everything that happened there, it's a real concern whether you're talking about, you know, Frank Vogel in Oklahoma, I'm sorry, uh, in Orlando or Doc Rivers with the Clippers where he lost that power. Anything that happens, yeah, there's some concern. But I don't know that that's going to happen in the short term there. Just know that there's a better, like, I don't know who the better guy is for in terms of, of developing players and developing a culture. So, you know, I like, I like their pieces that are young pieces. So I think he'll get a chance. It'll be interesting to see. I like the way Deadman was playing until he got injured. Um, but, yeah, I think Eli Sova and some of the other guys could move. And, you know, you, you look around and you say, hey, Prince is good. 
there's a lot, John Collins got to get better at finishing around the rim and some stuff when he's you know when he's rolling. But man, there's a lot of potential there. So you've got some pieces to start with, and then you know do well in the draft this year and see where it goes. So I wanted to spin off a little bit. Jr. and I were talking last week about um, the the money in the NBA and how it's it's really starting to go crazy uh, or has been going crazy for years now, I guess. But how does oh, just to break it down for the listeners? How does a lot of this um, expanding salary cap and then the expanding salaries of these players play into a lot of these free agent deals, um, all the trades that go on. I mean, I know it's hard for these teams to, they have to move so many pieces of parts to maybe two, three different teams sometimes to make a deal work. Um, I just am interested to get your perspective on that as someone who's covered the sport for, uh, you know, quite a period of time. Yeah. It's the NBA, the NBA salary caps makes like the IRS tax code look simple, doesn't it? Like it's, it's, it's got so many moving pieces and so many parts. And, and I, you know, you, you, you I have a basic like knowledge of it and understanding of it, but I mean, every team in the league has a cap guy because you have to have somebody who knows all the ins and outs and can work the permutations through and, and can do that for the other teams as well. So you start talking about a trade, you know, you know, Oh, this guy's got a player option in his third year type of stuff that, that you're trying to figure into your long-term planning. Um, but it's, you know, with the new TV deal, and this, I will see if this is the last really rich TV deal or how streaming affects all that, because that's, you know, ESPN's losing subscribers due to if people come to court, and all this is going to ultimately impact the bottom line for every sports league. All this money flooded the market a couple years ago in 2016, and then everybody went on a spending spree. They were just, you know, it was they were sailors on the weekend in 2016, you know, and free in New York, and they were just spending like mad. And then the cap didn't keep rising like it was expected. And now there's so many tight teams, you know, so many teams are up against the luxury tax and salary cap where they thought they'd have breathing room, that it's made, it's stagnated movement and it's leading to what you'll see at the deadline and next summer, which is really complex deals or guys just getting shifted and waived for salary. Like if, if you're an expiring contractor, if I can get some money off my books, that's worth a, depending on how much, you know, first or second round pick to me because so many people made such large, massive, overstated contract moves a couple of years ago. And coach, you kind of read my mind because I've been hearing a lot of uh, no buzz on, on the trade front. I'm talking to my sources, yeah. people. They're hearing, hearing, hearing nothing going on. So now, do you attribute it to also the tight cap, of course, and the tight money? How they people just went crazy to me like that at Walmart on shopping spree on Black Friday. Do, do you attribute yeah. it to the deadline moving up as well? And you're not really knowing who's a buyer, who's a seller, because you look at the, the Pistons. They really should probably be yep. a seller, but they still have a chance to have next week. They win a couple of games. We, we got a chance at it. They might still stay in it. So is that kind of why we're seeing not so much of people over there buying a seller? yet as you would know two later after the all-star break you hit the nail on the head there with this and i think the all this it's this year in particular but the all moving the deadline up and remember they moved the deadline up in part or largely in part because they didn't want the demarcus Cousins situation repeated or you know and i was in that scrum where he got traded basically during the all-star game last year and you know uh, all these reporters descend upon him in the you know the post-game all-star locker or media room area is about the most casual non-basketball thing in the world. Like, the game isn't very basketball-focused. You know, it, it's – and all of a sudden, everybody's descending on it, and the, the PR guy's whispering in his ear, like, Dude, you might be just been traded, basically. And it it kind of – they didn't want to deal with that again. But you're right. The other part of this is, in both conferences right now, if you go five or six through ten, those teams have a shot. And so teams are – you know – 
Utah isn't really going to just throw Rodney Hood away right now. You're going to have to give them something value, and it's kind of like that around the league. You, Avery Bradley's of the world. You're just not going to get them for nothing, and that slowed this down. There's, there's nobody just kind of trying to really be pure sellers. They want something of value back, and it's tightened up the market. Well, I wanted to touch on um, the Grizz, the Grizz a little bit. We, we cover them uh, pretty in depth here. Uh, have a lot of Grizz questions coming through um, our listener base, and I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Uh, beyond Tyreek Evans, are they are there any other guys in Memphis who who may be on the move? Uh, do you feel they'll ever make the right call and, and start over from scratch like like the Hawks are doing here in town? Yeah, I don't know that Memphis is there. This is that's a hard decision to be fair. For ownership in in a place like Memphis, where you know they really look, the fans they're really brought in bought in uh, grit and grind, and they sold the place out in the, in the Cup Conference Finals. That was a nice team. Moving on from that is going to mean years of losing, a kind of painful rebuild, and it's hard to sell. And so, it's, and especially in their case right now, with, with ownership kind of up in the air and potentially shifting, exactly how that's going to shake out remains to be seen. Um, so, yeah, it's not that easy, but I'm hearing out, look, Evans is pretty much gone because they can't re-sign him. But he, um, so he'll end up somewhere. But on Evans, I don't know. I don't know that there's – they're not moving on from Gasol or Conley. And anybody else they move, it's just a, you know, it's a second-round pick, periphery move. And, you know, there, there's – Evans is the only guy where teams that are contending are looking at him thinking, that guy can help us right now because he's had a really nice season. And Kurt, look, look, looking at their roster, all the bad contracts, the Parsons contract, Mike Thompson looked pretty bad now, right now too, and the Brandon Riley contract, and Marcus Salka look bad next year when he keeps the clock. So Memphis, to me, I, I, I was at their game a, a few weeks ago. This is just, the vibes there is not the same anymore. It's just I feel like they're just a, no. a dead team walking, and I fear that they may be heading to, to Seattle before we know it. The ownership is such so in flux. Yeah, there's a few years there because of uh, the way the lease is set up. But uh, uh, yeah, that's one. If there was one, if there were the next franchise to move, it could potentially be Memphis. Um, but we'll see. I would move out of there. Just, you know, look, nothing against Seattle, by the way. Like, I don't think you'd find anybody covering the NBA beat who wouldn't like to see Seattle back on the list because it's a great city too. So, uh, but you know, at the expense of what? So, we'll see what happens. I just. They are at a, they're at the point where they're just kind of denying the rebuild. I think you guys are right that, that they've just kind of reached the point. You can't really move Carson, you know, for much. But you could get Gasol. You know, there's value in Gasol still, even as he declines. Like he has real value. And Cumley, you know, once he shows he's healthy, that's a, it's a borderline. You know, he's never made the All Star game, but frankly, he's a borderline All Star point guard. Once he comes back, if he's healthy and back to that form, there are a whole lot of teams that could use somebody like that. So. To me, I'm with you. If I'm in the shoes, I've started rebuild. I've started this, but I probably started it a year ago. At some point, they have to come to the realization that this isn't that, that they have to do that. They're just for whatever reason with ownership, they're not there yet. Uh, our best friend, our best friend, J.C. Smith, he'll go cry if you can't go to Beale Street and have to cover the Grizzlies. He, he'll cry and John, <laughs> John tell you he will tear up and go crazy and be in Atlanta every day bugging me and John if the Grizzlies go go away. Isn't that right, John? <laughs> yeah, he'll be he'll be like the Browns when the Browns left Cleveland in '96. Uh, he'll be you know he'll be uh, just like the, up on Capitol Hill trying to beg them to prevent <laughs> Congress to prevent him from leaving. That's basically what he's going to do. Yeah, that's funny. You know what? Say if you talk to people, everybody really misses. More than Seattle, Vancouver. Everybody loves Vancouver. Um, I, I haven't spent a lot of time in Vancouver. I'm actually going on vacation there this summer. But it's not, um, for whatever reason, like veterans back in the day, 
absolutely love Vancouver as a city, as a place that they don't get to visit anymore, that they, they miss. Yes, I remember hearing about that from those some of the some of the degrees staffers came from Mr. Housley Memphis. They yeah. used to tell me about how good Vancouver was. So I'm like, yeah, I would love to see them when you when you all was up there. But I'm glad you found out from my house that I can drive over on 20 and be at the games coming home. So I'm cool with that too. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. so. I like, I like, and I, by the way, I love Vancouver. I'll tell you the same thing. I think Toronto is one of my favorite stops on the tour. Not in February. <laughs> yeah, they're right. Like, yeah, that's they're the right. Super Bowl thing, man. I don't need to be up there now. You got that right. Folks, it's Kurt Hill on the Boss Man Show. We got to begin with the Hang tight. Kurt back with John and myself after the break. All your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blueberry Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions, also a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. Won't be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. Today, we have from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. I told you we have him back with us from basketballtalk.com. Kurt, he's done on the Boss Man Show. Kurt, hope you're enjoying your time with John and myself so far. We haven't ran, we haven't ran, ran, ran you off yet, man. We haven't done anything crazy yet, have we? <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this, is, this is fun. Good deal, good deal. Kurt, a guy I know pretty well. Marcus is a guy I see a lot in Atlanta when it's offseason sometimes. Really, really cool guy. Went down with one of the kids on Friday night, man. What's the outlet for the Pelicans with Dale Dempsey, Alpha Gentry's job status right now with Alvin Cousins? What kind of contract can Boogie now get? Come off a, a kid injury, he wanted to get a max deal, but when Orleans overpaid to keep him, or they just get on a scholarship deal because they, they know he needs the money. So, how do you think that's going to play out for the Pelicans going forward with him going out Friday night against, against Houston? Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I think it starts with with 
Gentry and Dell Denton and and I don't know that anybody knows really throws you, you know because they can make the argument you wanted a playoff team we were the sixth seed and and frankly they've been playing really well the last couple of weeks before the injury they can make the argument we had it there this was one of those fluke beyond our control things we don't deserve this but how much does that help anybody when it's done to the job now the is not my control it doesn't work we have to turn back them if if ownership ready to move on so we'll see what happens is there I'm not sure this is all me with Cousins it really depends. I think now he's gone from back to kind of is there. And the second part of that is this. How hard will the Mavericks or the Lakers hit him? I mean, that's, I mean, that's going to in some way set the market for them. I don't know that the Pelicans can afford to lose him because they can't afford, even if he's not, look, he probably won't be. Most guys don't come back quite their old selves. But with Anthony Davis two years out, they can't afford to, like, let Cousins go and rebuild this thing up again because they're like, oh, if Cousins left for nothing, they don't have to pay any luxury tax, but they're still over the cap. They don't have this money to just go get guys. This is bad contracts they've got. So it's it's a situation where they're going to have to bring him back. I think it's just a question of how much do they end up having to pay? Do they ha- can they get him for you know, what Paul Millsap did three years, thirty million this year? Not that he's gonna, Cousins is worth a lot more than that, but can you get him for? Three years, three years of player option on the fourth year at you know twenty five a year as opposed to having to play the full three. It's going to be interesting to see what the market is for him because I, he's just not going to be the same player. Now, Kurt, uh, last week off air, Jr. and I were trying to figure out what is going on with the with the Wizards. Uh, they they came <laughs> to Phillips Arena. They handled the Hawks pretty well without John Wall. What's up with the Wizards? It seems like something's off with that team. We didn't really couldn't really come up with an answer, so we thought maybe you could enlighten us. Yeah, I, I wish I had a good answer for you, too. I've seen them a couple times in person this season, and they read you out there half the time. Like, when they're focused and their starters are dialed in, they're a pretty good team. Um, their starters, you know, have been a good group for years, even though the game's kind of moving past where Gortat is. Kelly Oubre has taken a nice step forward for them off the bench this season. But they don't build good habits night in and night out, and they don't um, – just don't want to focus night in and night out. And they, they have some – they're good against – if you look at their stats, they're good against teams over 500, and their number kind of oddly low against teams under 500. They don't bring it every night. Uh, they did against – like you said, they did against the Hawks recently, but that's not they, – they, you run through their list, and they've lost the Lakers and just a whole bunch of teams they probably shouldn't lose to. Um, I don't I, I don't know how you get over that. I don't know what they need in the locker room. That, that puts them over. I don't know. Frankly, they almost need a, a David West in that locker room, just a, a veteran who's not going to take any, we'll go with Gus at a nice radio show, um, and kind of keep guys in line. Because I don't know what else you do, man. You're right. And, and you know what? John Wall didn't really cheer for his teammates. At the, he was he was setting up the bench like he didn't want to be there. Like he was there, but he wasn't there. Like you can tell the disconnect yeah. there. You know, I've asked Mike Scott off the record. He won't really tell me off the record. You know, that's my former Hawk buddy. Uh, like, but I, I can't. I, I I can tell some like because yeah, there's something about the chemistry. Oh, 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 like like I'm gonna tell you, Kurt. Bill had a great play. I don't have the guys cheer for it. So yeah. that even the Hawks have better than the Hawks are a bad team. And I saw that's what's so crazy to me about it. Yeah, there's there's definitely something off, and it's I, I don't know quite how they fix it easily because it's not they're not in any way in a position where they should be like tearing it down and it, like that like, that's a good team that could use some tweaking, but you know I don't know. To me, that's one of those franchises that it all comes back. I'm not the biggest fan of Ted Leonsis as an owner, and sometimes that stuff just kind of if the owners 
if the owner's not into it or is trying to be cheap, then it trickles down through the organization. And I, sometimes I think that that's what's going on there. You got there right, Kurt. We got Kurt Healing here on the Boxman Show program. Now, Kurt, Phil Jackson, the gift that keeps on giving. Now with Joe Kino upset and like playing time <laughs> from the Knicks and now getting to the coaches. Man, will he? Will the Knicks be able to move him on, or give him, or give him the law ding on ice cream like 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 he's doing with ding? So, what do you see is ending with Joe Kim Noah a buyout, or he get traded, or he gonna be sitting on sitting on ice for two years? I, eventually, a buyout probably, but he first off, he genuinely still believes if given the chance, he can contribute as a rotation player on a good team. I don't know that anybody around the league believes that, but but he believes it. Um, so maybe he takes a little off in a buyout, but not much. Not enough to make it worth the Knicks' while yet. And they, the only way you could trade him would be to attach so many sweeteners. Like, yeah. I don't know how you get that deal done. That is, that is like the most toxic contract in the NBA right now. So, yeah, I don't think they can trade him. I think there will eventually be a buyout. But if I'm him and I know the situation – I'm not giving it. How much of a discount do I want to take? This is my last big kick at the can. I want that cash I signed for. Hey, man. So uh, we probably should get into a little bit of coaching news, fellas. So what do you think, Kurt? Uh, coaches, they need to have a big second half of the season to stay off the hot seat or get off the hot seat as they head into the season. I suppose I don't have to say Jason Kidd anymore. So I will go with um, the, two interesting, yeah. the two interesting ones. I think Frank Vogel um, in Orlando. And I, by the way, I don't really blame. I think that, look, I think Frank Vogel has essentially been a con- contestant on chops. Like, here's a basket of things that don't go together. Make a meal. Like, he, that team is so ill-conceived that I, like, I think Frank Vogel's a good coach who isn't capable of making that roster work. So I'm not sure if he resurrected John Wooden, he can make that roster work. Um, but he's one, another guy, again, with the GM trade above him. We'll see with Doc. He's so expensive, they may just hold on to him for a year. Uh, Doc Rivers out with the Clippers. Um, and you mentioned Alvin Gentry. You know, we talked a little about that before. That's one that's, I mean, before the season, if you just said who's the hottest seat, it was Alvin Gentry. But the team was playing well, so we'll we'll see what, you know, ownership in New Orleans wants to do. But he's definitely a guy who, you know, he, he might want to have a go bag near the door. You got that right. I don't see Alvin surviving this. I think this will be the way to get, start, to get rid of Dale Dimps and him and himself to start over from scratch. I think yeah. Loomis has been waiting to get rid of Dimps and yeah. Gentry. He got a chance to boogie and hurt. Yeah, How exactly. simple is that for me? Yeah, I think that that's very possible. I don't know that you blow up, like I said, I don't know that they can afford to blow up that team, but they where Dimps has missed mostly, honestly, is just, you look at the role players and shoot. If you've got Anthony Davis and all these, you know, like I like Drew Holiday. I'm fine with that deal. He's actually played, especially with Les Rondo and him playing the point more. They've been, it's been nice. It's worked pretty well. Is there a team with worth shooting in the league, like a, a playoff level team than, than New Orleans? They just Terrible don't have anybody shooting. who can shoot. Yeah, you got rid of Jordan Crawford and after that one, you put up some good numbers. You got rid of him for Drew yeah. Nelson. That was that was a great a great move, not you know. So, yeah, exactly. It's like and they don't, you can't, they don't. They can't get that get right. Yeah, and, and you look at look if you look at the best teams in the league, one thing that they do consistently is draft. You know, and look, Hawks made them this year with Collins, but you draft you late lottery into the twenties and they find guys, or in the second round and they find guys. The Warriors are out there with Jordan Bell. You know, they paid three and a half million for him. I'm like that guy's playing regular rotation. That's what's good. Like. You might have to slip back a little during the playoffs, but 
they don't have an OG. They didn't get an OG Ananobe or, or a Bama Badayo. Some of these guys who are legitimately contributing this year. Those are the kind of moves, if you're going to move up the ladder, you've got to find those guys, and then you've got to get some shooting. And they just haven't done any of that. You got that right. Now, I'll start with my final point for you about the All-Star game, Kurt. Uh, the format changed, blah, 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 salary for me, Kurt. To me, the guys are not trying to get hurt. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna make the game more competitive per se. They they do they do the old turn on the fourth quarter and we'll go for it from there. So I feel like DA, the NFL and the NHL and MLB are trying to make an all all star game a real game. It's an exhibition game. Yeah. Exhibition. Let it be exhibit to the people who don't see normally. Let it be what is a game that does not count. But I feel like these leaders are taking it too seriously by making an all star game a real game. I don't get hurt. Well, I'm gonna go all out in a game that, that I'm gonna I'm, I'm just here for some play. I'm all star. That's that's, that's just, just show up, do enough, and have like a little a little live pickup game and go home. We all have a great day. But but the league is taking it too serious right now, Kurt, with this all star game stuff. All of them are. Yeah, well, baseball's the only one where it's almost a game, right? Like the Pro Bowl, nobody wants to get hurt. Same with the you know NHL All Star Game. Like nobody wants to get hurt, so everybody you know you bring in all the skill players anyway, and the goalies are just you know target practice. Um, and in, you know, they, I would like to see the NBA, the NBA not to be a great game, but I'd like to see the NBA do a little better. I'd like to see like I don't know Steph Curry not actually lay down on defense when on Antetokounmpo's coming on him or something. But, <laughs> there's not going to be a lot. I think you're right. With more money on the line, teams being packed the way they were. Maybe if it's close, the second half of the fourth quarter, it gets a little serious. Maybe. We'll see. You know, I, I, I was hoping for that last year, and it was kind of a blowout. And, but I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I've watched a lot of basketball. I can't get into a 185 to 195 game. <laughs> just, unless, I'm watching, unless I'm watching like two small colleges just jacking up threes all the time, then it's kind of fun. But in an all-star game, it's just not that. But, but I, you, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's, this game isn't for those of us who are basketball nuts. It just isn't. It's for, you know, the junkies out there. We're going to watch it, but that's not the point for us. It's to get the casual fan who's like, wow, man, that, who's that guy whose name I can't pronounce from Milwaukee? And, you know, all these like, people start getting looks nationally. And, by the way, it's huge internationally. That's what this is about. This is about expanding the NBA's market and putting on a show. And, they, by the way, there's a basketball game. So, Kurt, um, JR and I have come to recognize that the uh, most important part of the All-Star Weekend is the meeting held between players and referees. Um, we're wondering, you know, what could have actually improved referee, player, and coach relations going forward to come out of this meeting? That's a really good question because it's it's not simple. It's not um, – yeah, the referees are giving more technicals, but the referees feel like the league wasn't supporting them, and the league's kind of stepping up and saying we're going to do more of that now. We're – you know, bark at a ref's enough, and the league's going to come down on you a little harder. So the the referees weren't feeling backed, so they were quicker with the technicals, and they were taking less, you know, talk back and, and everything else from the players. The players were like, hey, I want to be able to talk to the refs. And I think that that's fair. And I think you sh- a player should be able to go to the ref and say, I don't know how you, you know, how did you see that? How did you see I what I saw? You know, this is what I say happened. But it's one thing to do it in that way. Guys, is there a drive to the rim in an NBA game this season that didn't have one of the two sides going, throwing their arms up in frustration. <laughs> Not either. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, so it's, it's the players have got to take some real responsibility here too. Right now they are complaining about everything loudly and demonstratively, and especially in their home homeboys trying to show up the officials. That doesn't, you know, and you're now you're shocked that the officials don't want to talk to you and are quick with a whistle. Really? Like there's got to be a middle ground where they can not do that to the officials and the officials in turn have to, Especially late in games, you, you got to you got to pick your spots with with well, when to come down on guys. 
JR, I just want to interject for one quick second. This goes back to a conversation you and I were having with JC last week on air about the, the players and, and how they're not necessarily as as tough as they used to be. We, we were talking about, Kurt, the days of yesteryear with uh, Charles Oakley and Bill Lane Beer and, yeah. and those type of players who, if you got hacked on every single drive to the basket or in the paint, they weren't crying about it the entire game. They went back down on defense and they gave it right back to you. Well, that doesn't really happen anymore, and we, we kind of came to a somewhat of a consensus that part of it has to do with these guys coming up through AAU, you know, as opposed to some of the you know the hard courts in the parks and, and other avenues. We, the game was a bit tougher to play and self-regulated. Now it's it's, it's a little softer, and, and it seems like they're just constant complaining about every single touch they get. Yeah. I think the other part of that is that the NBA changed how they officiated. I mean, they, you know, if you watch a game from – the 90s or even the 80s, you know, even going back to the 80s with the Lakers Celtics shown on TV, the game was, I mean, it was fast, but it was more because they were allowing it. Now you can't touch a guy on the perimeter, and so it changes. And I, I, I'm not with those guys who's like, well, LeBron couldn't play in a more physical. Yeah, LeBron played perfectly, but still a way to make it work. It would just be different. Guys have find a way, but he has called it that way for too long, you know, for so long now. I'm not, by the way, I'm also, I will say, not totally opposed to that because Everybody looks back on the 90s as these, oh, remember the, the Knicks and Jordan's team? Yeah, go sit through a Cavaliers, Mike Cavaliers Knicks game from that era and tell me it was good. Because that was painful. <laughs> Those were some painful drag-out games, man. It was slow. It was grinding. Yes, it was like, it's not pretty basketball. So there, there's a balance in there. I'd like to see it a little more physical and a, a, allow a little more stuff. But on the flip side, like, I do not need that again. Yes, indeed. Well, Curry, it's been great to have you on the show. I told you off there, we love your work pro basketball talk. We, we got the app on our phones, iPads, man. You and your guys keep us informed. We get the NBA knowledge from you guys. I'm glad to talk to you on, on the show, man. Finally get you on here with us. Anytime, guys. I'm happy to do it. And, uh, yeah, you check checking us out through the trade deadline because I've got a feeling I'm working some overtime over the next 62 hours, 72 hours or so. Yes, indeed. We definitely will, Kurt. We're staying tuned for basketball talk. And you on the basketball talk on Twitter, man. You, you, you're the man, Kurt. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, Foster Curry, he's on the boss, so check him out. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby, 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night. 
for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m. Only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis. Folks, we're back here on the JR the Boss Man Show. We're joined by the UNO Privateers head coach, Mark Sexinger, here on the Boss Man Show, who is currently riding a three game winning streak, eight and two in South in the conference play. Coach, how things going great. We're uh, excited to be back in first place again. We've been, been out of first for about a week and a half, and we were in first all last year in our championship season. and uh, when we went to the NCAA tournament and won our conference uh, last year. So it's good to be back in first and good to be moving in the right direction. And, Coach, what's been the key factors for you moving in that right direction, Coach? Winning three, three games in a row, you streak your own eight two conference play through, through 10 games. So what has been these key factors for you, Coach, to get on the, on the right track here late, late, lately here going forward? We've, we've had tremendous uh, team chemistry just – Guys have been very, very unselfish with the basketball, and uh, our shot selection has been tremendous. And then uh, we've been solid in the half-court defense. But more than anything, they've had just incredible team spirit, team chemistry, and been able to to play, uh, have a different guy step up and play multiple times throughout the game and make uh, big plays and, and, and really separate themselves at different times. But it's been different people that have been able to do that uh, throughout this run, and it's been exciting uh, to see them come together. We've got eight new guys on this team uh, this year, so it's been it's been great to see all these different guys step up at different times and have key key contributions. And coach, you told me off there about a, a one of the guys you got from McDonald, Georgia. Can you talk to him a little bit about him and what he's meant to your team this year so far? Yeah, Damian Ross is a freshman for us, played at Henry County, and it's. Has, uh, has 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 worked his way into the starting lineup here during conference play, and you know a really really talented six uh, five guard who's 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 just uh, come on like gangbusters and playing very very well. Uh, a multi multiple multiple tool defender can guard you know multiple positions and and really uh, can play multiple spots for us on the offensive end again, and plays just uh, just with incredible energy and and big juice all the time, and he's having a really solid freshman campaign and uh, prep there at uh, for his dad and, and, and had a really good uh, prep career. And, uh, Coach, uh, you mentioned you have eight new guys on your roster, and how much of a boost did your NCAA tournament appearance last year help getting guys to commit to New Orleans and become a private here, commit to you, and see that the program is on the rise and growing? That's been huge. It's been, you know, anytime – you get in that tournament, it really moves the needle, uh, not just for your for your local fan base and your you know your faculty, students, and staff on campus, but uh, the the exposure that you get nationally and internationally uh, is like nothing else that you can put a value on. And 
it's been great for everybody involved um, and be able to be able to really just uh, solidify that, that the university's back and uh, everything's going well here and in the city and it's an exciting time. And uh, Coach, uh, I look at your non-conference schedule. You've all played a pretty good non-conference schedule. And uh, how much do you attribute your team starting conference play to playing non-conference schedule, getting some high major appearances as well, playing some good mid-major teams as well? So uh, how did that slate help prepare you for conference play and down in, this, in the Southland Conference right now? It's a, it's a it's a huge key. You know, we had uh, our non-conference strength of schedule has been anywhere from 5th to 5th to 13th um, over the last, you know, five, six weeks. And, you know, I think that's been key. Anytime you can go out and put your guys, you know, in tough non-conference situations. And we played a lot of good teams with, and played a lot of good minutes against those teams. And we're uh, really competitive and played a varied of styles. And so I think it's really been a key uh, for us being able to close out so many of these close games. And uh, I think we've won 11 games in a row now where we've led going into the last two minutes. Uh, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Folks, that Mark Fletcher here in the Boston so Coach, you're in old privateers here with me. And, uh, Coach, I looked at your roster. You have a great mix of lower classmen and an upperclassmen as well for us, the balance on your roster. So as you go through conference play, you go through – and hopefully in the March, you follow that balance and get these young guys experience, getting them used to college basketball, and some of the guys here coming back who was on the team last year can help these young guys understand that we on the stretch run of the season, February into March. We have to play our best ball and be ready to ball out from from that tip out the conference time to get to the trans the term. So you trying to get the guys prepared for what may come down the road from in March if they keep playing if they're playing right now. That, that, there's no doubt. You know, we've got to make sure uh, that we continue to progress. I think one of the great uh, things that really carried us last year was our ability uh, to continue to get better uh, as the year went on, and we got better at details and really got better at, 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 at getting our team uh, better prepared each and every day and each week. I think that was a big piece of, uh, of us having success. And, uh, Coach, I love the love to balance of your roster for class balance. Now, is that what you try to achieve every recruiting period that you have a class balance where you get a good mix of upperclassmen and lowerclassmen that you can kind of build your program, turn off your program in a progressive number way, rather than going to all fifth-year transfers or transfers from high majors, having some guys that you actually recruit as high school seniors that can build and develop as well? For us, that's important. You know, I think that if you're going to build a sustainable program and have one that's sustainable for multiple years that uh, that's the way to do it you've got to be able to have uh, a balance of guys that are coming in and out uh, and not just always be searching uh, which some guys some guys prefer that way but for us uh, we you know if you can have a class you know mixed out of three to four guys in each one I think it makes a huge difference now coach uh, how big is uh, Trayvon Thibodeau uh been to your roster, man. He's 16 points a game. He's really in rebounds. He assists. So, what does this guy mean to your team's development, and how's he been a leader helping the guys along who are now new to the program? He's. I think he's one of the best, uh, you know, skilled forwards in the country. I think he's a guy that uh, will be, you know, will be having an opportunity in the in the G League next year, if not overseas. And uh, I think he'll be a guy that that it will be somebody that people will. Uh, be pleasantly surprised with us after his career is over, but he's he's uh, he was you know top five in our league in assists last year. He's he's in the top ten in every statistical category uh, in conference, and 
he's just a, a well-rounded player that can score it in a multitude of ways, but then uh, can play a power game. Is a very, very skilled passer and can get out and lead the break and athletic enough to finish. And then he also makes free throw shots at a high rate, uh, which really uh, makes him a difference maker. And uh, coach, outside of, outside of Traven, I mean, you got balance with guys. Uh, got at least seven guys with at least three points a game here. You got guys rebounding the ball here. You got some balance. You got some balance scoring on your roster, coach. Uh, so you are doing five balance scoring and attacking the glass. It's like things you wanted to be two key factors for you guys this year. We're going to rebound the ball and be able to share the ball with each other and defending all doing like crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, we play a little bit of a throwback game where we, you know, we really pound the ball inside and and um, and really establish our interior game where we're a good three point shooting team. Is especially statistically, we're second in our league uh, in three point field goal percentage. Uh, but we we just don't waste a lot of threes. We don't take a lot of them that we don't need to, and we don't take many bad ones. Uh, we you know we'll prefer to pound the ball in and and really attack the offensive glass and try to get to the free throw line. As much as we can, and coach, as you prepare for these home games here in Northwestern, West, Northwestern State here and Nickel State here, what would be the things you emphasize to your team about? Say, won't overlook anybody; they'll play themselves and be locked in for these two home games you have coming up here. Well, you know, uh, our director of basketball operations, Corey Schmidt, just you know, he he's he's constantly keeping me grounded and keeping us. Uh, locked in on the things that matter, and you know, he's he's constantly talking to our team about our simple fundamentals: being a team first team, being able to share the ball, execute with poise and confidence down the stretch. And uh, you know, he's been a huge leader and key in what we're doing. And I think, you know, he consistently keeps us grounded, and I think for for just staying the course on what he's wanting us to do uh, from a preparation end in in this week with the scouts will be huge. And last one for you is, Coach, I know a lot of teams, a lot of people, a lot of listeners don't really know about teams in the Southland Conference, about the conference in general. I also want to have you on, too. I want you to share a lot of listeners, Coach, about the quality coaching and the quality teams of this in South Southland Conference, where people who live, live in Atlanta and our surrounding areas may not know quite much about it as myself and my staff knows about it. Well, it's amazing basketball league. Just uh, You've got a, a myriad of styles uh, throughout the league from – you know, slow pace to run and gun, fast pace, zone and man teams. You've got incredible coaches uh, at every level. And I think the speed in our conference is one of the tops in the country. And then the skill level of our forwards and the speed of our forwards, I think, is another uh, understated and underappreciated aspect of our league that, you know, hopefully people can get a chance to watch uh, not just our team, but a league across the board and, and be able to see how good the basketball is in this league. Well, Coach, definitely wishing you luck this week against the Northwestern and Nichols. Coach, look, we'll have you again real soon. I'm calling this tournament time. Hopefully you guys are making it and get to this tournament again. Hopefully they'll put you in that play-in game. Hopefully they'll put you in the real thing without having to go to Dayton, man. <laughs> they do, you, do your right, Coach. Hey, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take it any way it comes. I appreciate you having me, and and uh, it's not, nice to have a civil conversation with somebody from Atlanta. Hey, Coach, hey, I'm indifferent, Coach. See, I'm <laughs> Hey, look here. I, I'm, I'm a Florida guy. I, I'm from Orlando, so we don't have a team in Orlando. So I'm just in. I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, so, yeah. We're, 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 enemies, we're enemies twice a year. Other than that, we're, we're friends. So I appreciate you having us on anytime. Let me know. Uh, we'd love to, love to come back and talk. All right, folks. Boss Man Show. Check them out. You're in the privateers here on the Boss Man Show. 
Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consulting, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hello, college basketball fans. This is Donnie Tyndall, former head basketball coach, and we're getting ready to have a top three with Tyndall with J.R. the Bossman and John, myself, as we analyze the college basketball season team by team, break down stats and facts, and give you all the basketball scoop across the country on a weekly basis. We hope you'll join us and look forward to talking hoops with you on the Bossman Show. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby. And it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the liveest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.